0: We are speaking with Cormac Kerwin, who is the CEO of the o Charity. Good morning to you, Cormac. Thanks for joining us on Morning Focus.
1: Uh, very, very um, delighted to be here and very happy to be here um, representing o and this morning, Alan, so much appreciated.
0: For those listening to the show now, can you just give us uh, an oversight uh, of what the o Charity is?
1: Yeah, ONI was an organisation, first of all, that was established in 1951 as a direct demobilisation of the defence forces at the time. Uh, it was primarily a camaraderie organisation uh, up until the late 80s, early 90s, where three homeless veterans were found dead in the streets of Dublin. And that really refocused the direction that the charity was going at that stage. If I suppose one of the residents or one of the the veterans that was found dead, homeless veteran was found dead outside uh, Griffith College as it is now, but it was Griffith Barracks at the time. And the problem really was that that individual was buried by the Royal British Legion, which is a charity set up for UK veterans. So the individual wasn't buried by any Irish veteran associations or the Defence Forces at the time, and that refocused the direction in which O&E was going from a charitable perspective. Following on from that. Uh, homes were opened in 1994 in Dublin, uh, and that was then uh, redeveloped, and, and a new home as part of a quick pro quo. A developer opened in 2005, and similarly, homes in Letterkenny, in Athlone, and we opened our most recent home in Cove in 2021. And now we have the capacity to provide accommodation to homeless veterans, 51 bed nights in any given on any given night, which equates to just over 18 and bed nights annually. And we've also developed a mental health support service where we have full time counselors. So as a charity, we're certainly focusing on supporting that struggling veteran community. We're also an approved housing body. We're a company limited by guarantee, a member of the sustainable uh, um, energy community. And obviously we're, we're a veteran organization representing and and primarily supporting struggling veterans.
0: Just how big an issue or problem is homelessness amongst Army veterans, uh, Cormac? And if so, if it is a big issue, why why is that the case?
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it is an issue, but it's an issue across society in general. And I suppose I'd like to make the point that from a Defence Forces perspective, and I'm not here speaking on behalf of the Defence Forces, but the Defence Forces would be known as the Citizens' Army. So the individuals within the defence forces live within the communities. So, any issues that you have within a community would be reflected within the general defence forces um, and larger community, including the veteran community. So, veterans are not uh, you know, protected from issues that you get within society. So you take all of the issues within society nowadays, uh, which would go from the the, the the cost of living, challenges, inflation, and then you have all issues associated with marital breakdown, addiction, et cetera, et cetera, and then add into that particular pot potential environments in which ser- our members of the Defence Forces would have served both home and abroad that would trigger, you know, anxiety, PTSD, et cetera. You know, that all added together, you know, leads to issues within the veteran community and, and albeit in small numbers within the veteran community where they, 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 they need support and, um, you know, circumstances can, can escalate from something small if it's not addressed at the quick, at, at, at the earliest level to ultimately lead to homelessness and potentially something even more sinister. Um, There's approximately 140,000 veterans on the island uh, of Ireland, and that was a figure that was given back in June 2000 by the Department of Defence, the Public Accounts Committee. So, you know, the reality is that within that veteran community, 99.9 percent, Alan, transitioned to a healthy and happy retirement. Or you know transition to successful employment in, in public stroke private sector so we're really focusing on that you know 0.1 percent that struggle for for the reasons i've referenced before since the organization that has rolled out the homes and you know we have kept a thousand veterans off the streets of ireland uh, and out of that a thousand i think the, the greatest successes that we've transitioned Approximately ninety percent of that, so nine hundred, to independent living within primarily the councils within Dublin. Um, so that, that's what we're about. Um, the big issue with with those who serve is pride. Because once you've served the the, the country, be at home and abroad, you know, there's this huge pride associated with service. And that pride in itself is a stumbling block to actually putting your hand up and identifying the fact you need help. So an awful lot of the cases that are brought to our attention would be second hand, third hand, and then we quietly try to support that individual with whatever services we have that we feel may help or mitigate mitigate against the challenges that, that individual is 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 being confronted with at any given time.
0: Do you think or feel that this issue of Homelessness is overlooked and do you think that there needs to be more awareness around it or more focus put on the the, the issues that army veterans face?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think like we, we have been advocating for a number of years now in order to establish an Office of Veterans Affairs similar to what you would have in a lot of the Western uh, uh, European countries. Uh, thankfully, it was reflected as one of the recommendations in the most recent commission, which was Commission on Defence, which was um, launched last February. So we would think that this uh, an Office of Veterans Affairs would certainly shine a light on the veteran community and more importantly, the issues potentially that veterans... You know, experience. We've also been advocating for a, a research to be conducted within this whole veteran space. Um, our colleagues in, in Northern Ireland had a study conducted under Queen's in 2019-2020 which really provided empirical evidence in relation to the numbers, the, the, the demographic breakdown and also then the issues that veterans are, are, are being confronted with or are dealing with because once you have that empirical objective evidence, you can then go about putting the appropriate support services around. So there's a number of areas that you know that we're, that we're advocating for that would certainly then uh, support that veteran community but again I'll go back to the point that we're you know from a charitable perspective our services are focused on the real small minority within that greater number of 140,000 that for a variety of different reasons are, are struggling.
0: Is this an issue nationwide or some areas more affected than others maybe Dublin or you know is it is it a particular issue in Clare?
1: The from a Clare perspective, like there would be huge recognition of service in Clare, you know, within the Reserve Defence Forces um, across the county, but also those from from Clare that would have served within the 12th Battalion inside the Limerick. So you know, not not identifying Clare as a case in point, but Clare would the issues that veterans would have through service would also be synonymous with those that potentially would have served in Clare. Um, is it across the country? I would just, just 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 to give you a feel for for I suppose my experience to date. I started in this role as CEO on the first of February, 2022, and since I've started in this particular role, I've seen our numbers increasing, particularly in relation to those availing of our facilities. Our home in Cove, which was opened in October, 2021, is full. Our home in Athlone is full, and and they weren't full when I started. Our home in Letterkenny is at 80%, and our home in Dublin is at approximately 65% capacity. We're opening a new home in Cork City at the end of 2023, early 2024, and I would suspect that that will fill up very, very quickly, in recognition of the demand and the inquiries we're getting in Cove. And our next uh, objective, then, our next project in relation to uh, our sixth home will be in Limerick City and we're already having informal conversations with Limerick City Council in relation to developing that particular home. Thereafter, we're going to go to Newbridge in in Kildare and then we're looking at Galway and we're looking at Loud. So I suppose our ambition, which was reflected in our strategic plan, which was launched in October 2022, would be... Um, you know it would probably be reflective of where we see the challenges across the country um in relation to the services that we're looking to develop because we would be aware that there are homeless veterans in all of those locations the greatest uh, capacity we have is in Dublin and you know it does that's no surprise to anybody in recognition of the fact that the greatest number of of uh, you know population wise and also from a military perspective we've have, probably have a huge a significant cohort of the veteran community in Dublin. Um, but we're also conscious of all of the other locations as well and, and the demand for our
0: services. And to try and help these veterans who are struggling at o e you're uh, behind the Hope Couture campaign. Can you tell us what that involves?
1: Yeah, the Hope Couture campaign was a really innovative campaign uh, that was launched last week in in partnership with Draga 5 and Clear Story. The Hope Couture really focuses on probably the most synonymous item of clothing, of equipment that an individual in Defence Forces would have, which would be their uniform. When an individual joins the Defence Forces, they have that support, they have that protective layers around them. And it's provided by their initial training, it's then provided by the camaraderie that they get from within their the, the training uh, platoon, and then the courses that they go on, the unit they serve in overseas. So it's all based on the individuals that they interact with. And then the, the last part of it then would be down to the equipment that they would be provided, which would be including the uniform and all other equipment that allows an individual to deploy at home and overseas in support of of, of whatever the the, uh, the mission is. We took the uniform because what we try to do with Hope Mature is we try to shine a light on the invisibility of homelessness and taking the camouflage uniform, which would be seen as one of the protective layers of an individual when they serve, be it at home and abroad. We developed three uh, prototypes reflective of locations in which homeless veterans were taken off the streets of, of of Ireland. One was a park bench, one was under a bridge and the other one was along a canal side. So we developed three particular types of camouflage and that was the, the primary focus of the whole Hope Couture video that was launched last week. To shine a light on the invisibility of homelessness and to use the experiences of three residents who showed huge, huge confidence to come out from behind the shadows as such to, you know, th- th- talk about their experiences and the support they've got. And um, and again, it's about creating an awareness of what we're about. And by creating that awareness, we would be very hopeful that we will generate the funding that we need in order to bridge the gap from what we get from the state and what it costs operationally in any given year to deliver the services.
0: You've done a great job of outlining the great work that's been done by yourselves at o and tr- to help support these veterans, but how can we as a people and as a nation better support uh, these veterans in general?
1: Well, our primary strategic objective is in relation to providing support to veterans to our homes, to our veteran support officers, which are our counsellors and our veteran support centres. The 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 key resource that we need in order to be in a position to continually promote our service and developer services is finances. We have a operating budget for 2023. Our operating budget is 1.1 million, from which we receive 500,000 in state funding. So, from an O&E perspective, it's our challenge. To bridge the, the gap, which is approximately 600,000. And we do it across a number of different fundraising campaigns and awareness campaigns. So, f- from our perspective, if, if any of, of your listeners, that, is, and in particular those that would have an affinity to the Defence Forces, be it through service, our famil- familial connections, that family members, like we would greatly appreciate any financial support or any contribution that they could make to, to uh, OE, because all of the finances go specifically in relation to the development of services in support of struggling veterans so it's about really maximizing the, the awareness within the greater defense um, community in order to support the small small percentage that are struggling that would have served our country both home and abroad
0: with pride. We do have to leave it there but uh, Cormac Kerwin the CEO of ONE, thank you so much for joining us on Morning Focus.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity and best of luck over the rest the rest of the show.